Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 3-0 Take, presented by Big League Chew. This is episode 264. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. We're back, baby. Baseball is back. Let's, uh, I got, I got a request. Can we never do that again? Ever? Ever. Please. Ever. Ever. For the sake of all that's good, let's never do that again. Miserable. I do have one, I have one bone to pick with the whole process. The fact that we ended it after 99 days. Wow. I have many bones to pick. Yeah. But you're saying we could have at least gone one more day. I mean, just, just to get the. I mean, I had the graphic ready, the hundred day lockout <laughs> graphic. I was ready. Yeah. Admittedly, I wanted it to go another day. I heard, I heard grumblings <laughs> that it was going to end after ninety nine. I said, no, just yeah. carry this to the to one more day. That's all I yeah. ask. And sure enough, we couldn't even get that right. So yeah, here we are. This has been weird. I, th- I think it's been a weird last like 24 hours in full transparency. I mean, you and I were thinking about recording yesterday and releasing an episode, but we wanted the yeah, dust to settle sh- a little share bit. The, share with the people our, our thought process over the last 24 uh, I mean, hours. Yeah, we just we wanted the dust to settle. We wanted certain comments to come out. I mean, we didn't get a press conference until later in the evening for both the players and the, uh, the owner's side. Um, you know, we wanted potentially the ratification to happen we also wanted to maybe wake up like christmas morning to a big free agent signing which didn't happen but whatever so that was just our thought process was to let this develop a little bit let's remove some of the emotion i feel like we would have gone for like 15 or 20 minutes just being excited um so now like now that we're just back to business so we wanted things to develop a little bit so now we're here you're getting a you know, midday Friday recording and uh, yeah, enjoy the weekend listening to it, I guess. We're back. Yeah, it it uh, it did feel a little weird uh, pushing it off till Friday, especially an episode of this magnitude. Yeah, so I know uh, there, there have been a number of people asking for it and I, I hate pushing it off like this, but, you know, we had to be responsible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if, if we recorded it yesterday, we released this morning. Would you really have wanted to listen to an entire episode if a free agent signed late last night or early this morning? And he or woke multiple, up, like we yeah, were expecting. If, just, if Correa landed and Freeman landed somewhere and you wake up and you're like, you hear a podcast that doesn't at all talk about that, that would have sucked. I so mean, that, if was, that was our biggest. If we're being honest, it's it's going to happen. It will we, happen. We you're going to get something this weekend. For we sure. say it every time. Yeah. No, it'll probably happen minutes after i post i mean that's kind of the running <laughs> joke on this podcast we we yeah. always we're always we're never breaking news we're we're no. pre-breaking news it's all good but we'll uh we'll loop back up with everybody next week we possibly talked about potentially having to do two episodes next week hey look it's that time of year it's that time of year we do two a week for in season anyway i feel like there's a lot of stuff that we could be covering over these next few weeks we, we might just start that early we don't know. Maybe we, that I like the sound of that. Yeah, we, I do we're too. Gonna, we're gonna start. Feels this Feels good. This just feels good, guy. Opening day is in less than a month. Has that has that sunk in with you yet? It it still doesn't feel real. It still doesn't feel real. I think 
again, I talked about this at the beginning of the lockout. For those teams that you guys are fans of that were able to make some moves before the lockout, bring in some big guys, make some big trades, and start to solidify that roster, I think those guys are like, ooh, opening day can't come soon enough. For those fans like you and me, of teams that haven't done as much work, that have stuff to do, I'm I'm like more glued to that. I'm more ready for stuff to start rolling, names to start switching on jerseys, things like that. Like that's what I'm ready for. And it's just so weird. This is unprecedented territory because we're going to see dudes that could report with their current team and start spring training with their current team and could potentially be traded in the middle of spring training. Weird. Like they New. could be showing up today and then get yeah. the call tomorrow. Weird. Just different. Just this is new stuff. So buckle up. Enjoy this ride with us. And uh, I mean, come April 7th, I think everything will just be fairly similar to what we're used to. Fairly, though. And that'll do it for us. So uh, we'll see you next week. (laughs) No, uh, on that note, uh, let me ask you, how do you feel? I mean, you kind of already alluded to it, but I feel like for me, I'm a little biased in that. I would almost rather be a fan of a team that really didn't get to do much for the lockout. Because if I'm being honest with you, the momentum of, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Rangers fans would disagree, but it's like the moves that the Rangers made. It, it yeah. The momentum of that kind of died off, and it, it became a little sure. diluted because of this mess that we just got done right. dealing with. Right. I would almost rather be on the other side where it's like, I want to be a fan of a team that yeah. has this little window of yeah. pure ecstasy almost. Yeah. Or less than a month where something big could happen and it could happen very quick. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. I, th- I think this, I don't mind being on this side. It's just, it's different. It's a little more nerve wracking. I mean, Braves fans are probably the most nervous fan base right now um, of any fan base. So it's just well, weird on, and different. On that note, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm ready to, I'm ready to start seeing some, some stuff happen. Bring, bring me all the chaos. I wanted to wake up this morning. That was the first thing I did. 7.15, check my phone. Nothing. No updates. Couldn't, even, like, do, couldn't right. even do that right. Let me ask you this. A uh, little little prediction real quick. Mm-hmm. If there yeah. was a signing to take, I, I'll say a transaction, a trade or a signing yeah. to take place during this recording, not saying it's going to happen, but if it does, who do you think it's going to be? We'll see if it plays out. My guess is an older free agent. So... I could see like a like it has a Kershaw. To be, I would say Kershaw. So you think you think Kershaw would sign during this podcast? Yeah, I mean, the the reason I say that is because if you think of the older free agents, they have a family. You know, they have these kids that yeah, they're maybe younger, like preteen or teenage years, where like you got to figure that stuff out, dude. Like you got to figure out: Are we buying a house here? Are we renting? Is my family staying in this state? Am I going to live here during the season? Like, are we buying a new house in this state? So I, I'm leaning towards like that older, like a Granky age, Kershaw age, um, where those guys want to figure it out for their family sooner rather than later. That's my guess. I don't know. I, no, it's, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this. It's just like it's if a you can attach some logic to it, that's what I'm trying to do. We don't, we don't attach logic to anything we do Rarely. in this podcast. What about you? Do you have a it's guess? It's all gut. I could see, I could see like a... I don't know why this name jumped out at me, but I could see, I could see Carlos Rodon going. I was thinking him. 
that's my pick. Him. Yeah. I don't know why I'm drawn to the pitchers more so than the position yeah. players. Anyway, that's my pick. All right, we'll see if it plays out. I, I mean, at the rate things have been going since Probably nothing. <laughs> 6 p.m. last night, nothing's going to happen. But yeah. at least we got baseball back. At least we got baseball back. Feels uh, good. Let's let's look at the the more specific details of this new collective bargaining agreement that we were so desperately longing for. Um, well, right off the bat, let's let's look at the important dates that we're that we're dealing with here because, yeah. like you said, this is unprecedented. We haven't been here before. So March thirteenth, I believe, is the deadline for guys to report to spring training. Like guys are showing yeah. up today, Friday. Yeah. Um. Showing up to camp, getting I'm I'm guessing early getting some work individual in. work yeah. in early work, uh, but I believe third the thirteenth, which is Sunday, is the deadline. Uh, March eighteenth through the twentieth, or when the spring training games begin. So literally next this time next week, spring training games will be beginning. Yeah, that's feels that's good. In, that's insane. It feels yeah. great, but it's yeah. Uh, I'm really having a hard time wrapping my head around this. Uh, April seventh, as we all know. Opening day, um, and then April 15th will be Jackie Robinson Day, um, the 75th anniversary. Love that we are in time for that. Like it, I, That would have been a very big mistake if opening day was after that and we didn't get to honor it. An absolute it embarrassment it would have been. Huge, huge, especially on the 75th anniversary. I'm genuinely curious how much that played into the, the speed of – the process the last few yeah, days. Yeah, there's just like, there's only so many, uh, I think, like uh, public black eyes that you can take. You know what I mean? Like you can only take so many punches as a league um, and so much bad mouthing. That's a big one to miss. It's 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 arguably one of our biggest days. Uh, it's one of my favorite days that the league has. Um, yeah, just like the unity of it and the, and the, and the remembrance and the significance of it is huge. I would have been really sad. I, I think they still would have done it. But if you think like last year, like it, Hank Aaron, you know, like I, I wish we could have not dealt with all the hiccups and bumps and stuff like that during, you know, the 2020 year into the 2021. And like, it just, it didn't get what I felt like it deserved. This is going to get what it deserves. I agree. And I would also point out that if you think about it, usually there's usually some special moments on Jackie Robinson Day because, and the the reason I know that is that if you if you follow the social media accounts of your favorite team or or you constantly pulling up YouTube videos, a lot of those big highlights you'll see the forty two on yeah. the back of these guys' jerseys. So you know yeah. that like they're it's not just your average day of games. Like they're for whatever reason, I don't know if it's a baseball yeah. gods, whatever you want to call it. There's always something. There's always like a, a crazy walk off, a cycle, something like some big moment that define almost. It, I won't say defines your season just because it is April, but like it gives it, it adds to the DVD at the end of the season, right? It adds to that that championship video in many ways. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a 75th anniversary. Um, the deal itself, according to what I read and what we've seen on on MLB Network, yeah. The player rep, and I know we talked about this last night. Player reps voted twenty-six to four in favor of the new deal. That went against the sentiment of the executive subcommittee, yeah, which is made of elected leaders, yeah, who voted eight to zero against it. 
Yeah. So for those who aren't familiar, there's there's the eight executive leaders that um, you know consist of elected. I don't want to say officials, but elected positions. Um, where some of them are current players, you got retired players, you got the president Tony Clark, stuff like that. Those guys weren't, I guess, happy with it. But then you have the other thirty reps that are one representative from each team. So that's where the voting has to come in. And for order, in order for this to pass, you need three, you know, three quarters of the vote. So it was well above that. But did I did I read right that it, you needed at least twenty? Yeah, twenty uh, was something the about like a yeah. simple majority or something. Yeah, twenty votes. Twenty, yeah, and that's just the the you know the team side, the players representing the team. So throughout this process, whatever representative it was. So for example, you can grab Lindor for the Mets. Um, he was the one reporting back to the Mets. So anytime they'd have these arguments or meetings, he would have this conversation. Go back to the Mets, say, "Hey, this is what's on the table, players. What do you think?" And then they'd come back and vote. So I think it's a little weird. Harold Reynolds said it a lot yesterday on MLB Network that he's never seen the executives and the players not totally agree on this. So I don't know what that tells you. I don't know what to just take that however you will. I mean, a lot of what I saw was that, and I think Harold kind of mentioned it a little bit yesterday, but it was that the players' voices were actually the ones being heard yeah. as a result of these votes and and maybe not the people in positions of power or yeah. the higher up, whatever you want to call it, that it was the it was actually the players that said, Okay, like Yeah. It's time to go. Like we, see, we gotta get it going. That's what makes it interesting for me is that like you have that that sub part of the committee where it's the actual player representatives. I'm curious to see like what if there could ever be a subcategory on the owner's side, is it your president? Is it, you know, your CEO? Is it your, you know, ownership group? Is it your GM? I don't know. Somebody that represents that's just like the next level down, I feel like could maybe help the owner's side's case, at least the way we look at them. Because when we look at them, we just say greedy. I, don't, I can only name maybe five of you stingy rich people. I feel like that would maybe help mend the relationship a little bit if you bring somebody in yeah. kind of beneath them. But yeah. on the flip side, good luck telling these owners. It'll never happen. There's ne- it would egos. never happen. Yeah. yeah, it won't. But um, yeah, either way, it's it's uh, it was just good to see the players feel like they made progress and they got the deal they wanted. Of the um, the player reps that voted, uh, the four that. Uh, voted against the new deal were the Mets, the Yankees, the Astros, and the Cardinals. Yeah, interesting. Do uh, do you want to apologize on behalf of? Not really. I mean, I don't, organization? I don't know how to. I don't know how to read into it. Um, I mean, it, we'll go over the the breakdown of the of the agreement eventually here in a sec. But compared to what I've what has been reported of what they were asking for, there was a lot of stuff that they were asking for um, that they compromised quite a bit on. So I, I think that does tell me something about those four teams is that maybe those four teams are looking for more progression. Maybe they're looking for more for the for the player's side. I, I can't really get mad at them for that. Um, I don't think it really matters to me who those four teams were. I think if it was a landslide where all 30 are saying yes and then all eight executives are saying no, that would feel really weird. 
you got to have some yeah. that I'm okay with the opinion being bounced back and forth. I'm okay with disagreement. I'm okay with those four teams saying, no, there's probably more that they wanted. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the correlation is. I don't know what those teams correlation is to them saying no. You know what I mean? Are they, uh, is it, I will probably dig in and find it eventually. You know, what's, what's the core age of you know, what's the average age of their rosters? What's the, what's their prospect or their farm look like? Um, you know, those are certain things that maybe they think about what, like what the future is going to be. Cause again, as a reminder, this agreement is not for your current prime superstars. This is for the guys coming up in my mind. And that's what I keep hearing about this agreement is that that's what the players feel best about is they were fighting for the future guys. Yeah. And from what I've, from what I've heard and you can kind of, you can kind of gather this from, from what the players are saying and in, in their, um, you know, and their tweets and their responses and their interviews, whatever it may be, is that it's almost like this unspoken rule where it's kind of your your duty, duty. your yeah. responsibility as a guy in the league making decent money or just in the league at all, really, yeah. to look out for the guys behind you who are coming up, who are grinding out in the minors and even the guys that aren't even at that level yet where it's like right. you're taking on the future of your – you're taking on that – role and weight and kind of bearing that as a current ambassador of the game today so like you're looking out for guys that are well behind you and that that always comes to refresh every five five or so years whenever this cba comes up is yeah that's that's why these guys do this and that's why they as we saw this this most recent go around that's why they stand so firm on some of these Mm -hmm. issues because they don't want to lose that Right. I, I don't think, you know, the Anthony Rizzo's of the world really care what's going on in 2025, 2026. You know what I mean? Like that's, they'll be lucky to hopefully compete with a team for a ring, but like they, they're not worried about getting tack on money, getting an extra bag. Like they don't care about that stuff. That's, it just proves that they're fighting for that guy that you haven't even heard of yet as a fan. You don't know who they are, but they're coming because that's the way our game works. And so... I don't even know if, well, I mentioned this yet, but the 30 team owners did ratify by unanimous vote. Um, and look, pro- I hate to say this, but props to the owners uh, because, I mean, once you look at the numbers a little deeper, it's like, yeah, sure, the players didn't get exactly what they wanted. And I, at this point, now that we've got baseball back, I really don't want to get into the weeds of, well, who came out the winner because it's just like, that but was why? a bloody... What's the point? That yeah. was a bloody... Yeah, battle that I don't want to have to rehash. But I mean, the owners did come. They they came around a ways on some of these numbers. They so did. credit to them. They did some stuff that they there was give and take, and they the one, compromised in a lot of ways. They did. But the one thing I will say though, I mean, I don't want to get carried away. I don't want to be boot looking here. But I will say that this whole best final last thing. Nobody was buying that. No. And this is proof right here because you look at how far they came. In like, two weeks. Leading up to the the finish to this whole process, they they were getting closer on uh, some numbers, trying to see what I got here data-wise. But they came out and said, like, this is the best we can do. Yeah. And Major League Base or the the union's like, no, it's not. Right. Because we have the data in front of us. We can see 
I mean, we may not be able to pinpoint down to the penny what you're able to come up to, but we know you can do a little yeah. more than this. And yeah, called their bluff a little bit. Major League Baseball, with this latest deal, they they showed their hand in that. Yeah, they were they were capable of of budging on some numbers. And like I said, credit to them. They they bumped up. I mean the the minimum salary it's uh, alone. They're starting at seven hundred thousand this season. That's a twenty three percent twenty three percent increase. Yeah. What was that? Five it's like five seventy. Five sixty, five seventy, somewhere in there. I can't remember yeah. the details. Twenty three percent increase. With a ten thousand dollar increase each year, right? Of these five years. Uh it's going it's gonna finish at seven eighty in twenty uh twenty twenty six. So it's more than ten. Yeah. So I mean good. that in that alone is Yeah. I mean that's a sign. I won't say a sign of good faith, but yeah. I mean that's props to, props to them. Well, as uh, far as as far as that increase, and I'll, I'll kind of slow down just a little bit. As far as that increase uh, for that minimum salary goes, um, I heard a really good breakdown and understanding of it yesterday. Was um, they grabbed like Corbin Burns for example, and we'll get into this pre-arb pool of money as well. But Corbin Burns, for example, making league minimum last year was like five, whatever, sixty, seventy winning the Cy Young, getting that bonus, he only got up to like 708000 or something like that, total earnings for last year. Just to use that as an example. So now that's where these guys are starting, right? So say you have a stud starting first year making league minimum and he gets a raise every time, right? That's what arbitration is. Based off of his performance, he's going to get a little bit of a bump up each year. He's still under control. Right, so he's not stuck at that same contract. If he performs better, yeah, let's get a little bit of a raise. Now that this has jumped from five whatever to seven hundred, we're talking about guys now starting off where they would have been after like year three, after three good years of performance. So they're they're jumping up significantly at that league minimum. This is huge. This is something that is very good for those players that have skipping over. You know, what could have been those first couple years of struggle, learning how it goes. You never know what happens in the first couple of years. It was uh, just for just for the record, it was five hundred seventy and five hundred dollars. Now so we're at seven hundred. That's 570. huge. That's huge. Yeah. So big jump there. Um, another jump that we saw was with the CBT, uh, nearly a ten percent increase. Uh, so. It's going to be start. Just want to make sure I got my numbers right here. Be starting at two thirty in two, uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. And then it will reach 244 million by 2026. And so as I, when I mentioned earlier, I was trying to pull my numbers together. So leading up to the finale yesterday or the ratification, rather, uh, the sides had gotten closer. They were much closer towards the end there than they were weeks yeah. and months ahead of that. Uh, Major League Baseball was at 2.30. The union started at 2.32. And then the league went up to 2.32 to 2.35, 2.36 to 2.40, 2.40 to 2.45, 2.42 to 2.50. So the league That's started... That's bad. Yeah, I mean, the league started at 2.30. The union started at 2.32. The league ended at 2.42, and the union ended at 2.50. So the fact that we are starting they at met. 2... yeah. They, they met, yeah. Yeah, started at 2.30, which is what the league wanted, and then they're going to reach 2.44, which is $6 million less than the union wanted, but yeah. still $2 yeah. million more than the, the league wanted. So, I mean, yeah, 
And not it, to mention, if you rewind two weeks ago when their final best offer was 220 for three straight years or whatever, and then ending at like 226, that's what that that's what the league offered when we had our initial cancellation of games for the first week, pushing stuff back, right? Two weeks ago, that's what the league brought to the table and yeah. said was their best offer. So now they've jumped all the way to 230 immediately year one. Yeah, I mean, not not long ago, and I think this was like a Heyman tweet. He said, "Not long ago, MLB was at two fourteen CBT with huge penalties and a six hundred five thousand minimum." So, I mean, look at where we're at. Like you just yeah. said, we're at two thirty going into yeah, this season. Big bump. Starting at seven hundred thousand for the league minimum. Like, I mean, we've been bashing the owners, but they at least pulled yeah, their way to it. It's a big bump, and because of this fact, is because what we just mentioned. The, the league minimum goes up. This has to go up. It, it, that's how yeah, it works. Yeah. The league minimum goes. So those two went hand in hand. Yeah. And so even if the players, and I, I heard some commentary on this the other day or yesterday, but it's like, even if the players didn't get exactly what they wanted, it's they at least got a chunk of what they wanted and it'll at least lay the ground for progress moving forward. Because like we said, oh, we yeah. don't, we don't want to see this happen again. So oh. hopefully the sides can begin to repair the relationship a little bit so we can avoid this in the future. But at the very least, if you're pro player, like we are, we're, I mean, 99% of the time we're going to be pro player. Yeah. At least you didn't lose major ground here. Like you, no. you got a good chunk of what you wanted. Yeah. No, no, no ground was lost there. No progress yeah. was lost. And I think they even mentioned it. Um, I think Tony Clark mentioned it uh, in his presser, but, basically just talking about the effort that they had put in to, to sell or no, I think it was this official statement of the union, how they were just talking about the effort that they wanted to put in towards salvaging and maintaining mm -hmm. certain aspects of yeah. the game, whether it be financial or otherwise. Um, and so I don't think that that effort was in vain. I think they, yeah. they got what they needed to be able to say, all right, yeah. we checked the box. Let's go play ball. Right. Absolutely. So, Again, <laughs> didn't think I'd be saying it on March 11th, but props to the props to the owners, props to the players. I, I mean, like we said, it was bloody. Yeah. Um. I mean, it it got real ugly there, but we're we're yeah. able to at least push this down the road a little bit. And yep. Like I said, hopefully the the relationship um heals because it is not in a good place. And we'll get to Manfred's presser a little later. He addressed that, but I. I want to be optimistic. I really yeah. do. And I know we bash a commissioner on a daily basis, rightfully so. He's done some things yeah. to mess up the game. But I'm, I, I want to be optimistic because I, I think yeah. these next, however long this, it, did they agree it was five years, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, at the end of this this uh, agreement, I'm hope I'm hopeful that uh, this that is a good checkpoint. But I, I just think think of it like you know when you're a kid and you're playing video games and like you're you're working through this video game and you're struggling and then all of a sudden your character dies and like you fall back and you have to start all the way over, right? And then we got to these games where they had checkpoints where like you could make it to a certain point and then when you die you start back at that checkpoint. You don't feel so bad. That's what this was. This was a checkpoint and it was a good a good solid checkpoint moving forward. So now we have for that next CBA coming up, you know, five years, six years down the road, we have a checkpoint to fall back on. So something that's big, real, real big league. 
Ah, you knew it. You knew it. It's Big League Chew. Founded by our former left-handed pitcher, Rob Nelson. That's our guy right there, Rob. Just a, just a real stud. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back, please. Listen to it. Dude's hilarious. Big League Chew started from humble beginnings in Portland. Portland. And if you haven't seen that Netflix documentary, it's pretty good. Portland Mavericks bullpen in 1977. For more than 40 years, the iconic pouches packed with shredded, flavorful bubblegum has become the number one shredded gum of athletes everywhere. Big League Chew has sold more than 900 million pouches and is designated as the Hall of Fame bubblegum. Grab some gum, head to Big League Chew's social media channels, at Big League Chew on Twitter, at Big League Chew on Instagram, or at Big League Chew Gum on Instagram, to show off your Big League bubbles. You can also find a list of retailers or purchase any of their products directly from their website at BigLeagueChew.com. Big League Chew. Big League Chew. You know something else that's big? Uh, this pre-arb pool? Yeah, yeah. This is cool. This is cool, and this is what we were kind of talking about using Corbin Burns as a as an example. So it was decided that it would be a $50 million player pool to be rewarded to pre-arb players who excel and will also be incorporated um, I got a note here that says players who are not yet eligible for arbitration will have a chance to make additional money based on where they rank in wins above replacement, otherwise known as war. It won't give them their market value or anything close, but it's a considerable boost for talent who would otherwise be drastically underpaid relative to their performance. So an example, I know you mentioned Corbin Burns, but an example that kept popping up uh, in the in the last few days was Pete Alonso. They said, mm-hmm. think about what Pete Alonso did the year he won the home run derby. He made more money that night than he did the entire season. Yeah. And so they're trying, they're trying to figure out a way to account for those scenario, those situations and, and try to, you know, dilute that from happening a yeah. little bit more. So yeah. the fact that they're able to agree on something like this, which it's new, correct? This like, is this brand is new. Brand this new never to baseball. Had, they've, yeah. That's what they keep saying. It went from $0 to 50 million. So this is again. This is a new checkpoint. Like you're, this isn't going to go away now. You're not going to have a new agreement down the road where this is totally gone. They're going to have this, and they're probably going to add more money to it. But from what I heard, it's the top twenty percent of pre-arb guys as far as performance goes. So it's like you said, based on WAR, um, and then any of the accolades you know that they achieve, whether it be MVP, Rookie of the Year, stuff like that. So they get those bonuses on those accolades and awards that they get, maybe an all-star selection, certain stuff like that. Um, so it's it's just it's good stuff. It's good bonus stuff that needs to happen, that that money had to come from somewhere. Um, and, and the players felt like, well, why limit it to a home run derby? Why limit it to a Cy Young you know, bonus? Why not give it to all these guys that have performed well, that maybe came up short of some of those accolades? that still deserve some type of bonus. And this so was I think one it's of the, the top 20% from what they were saying is that it's typically like, I think like 500, a thousand. I don't know what it ends up being each year, but that there's a certain amount of pre-arb guys that become eligible for it. And then you take the 20% of those guys. And weren't they saying, I mean, there, there I just feel like there's so much going on the last, last week or two, but this was one of the things where both sides were furthest apart on. Not maybe not the furthest part on, but one of the things that they're yeah. Because didn't the league come in at, or didn't the the didn't the players come in at like a hundred something 
I think the, the the players came in really high, and then the league came in with like some laughable number. It was like five or ten million or something ridiculous. Right. So I mean, given given what this is for, and and who it rewards, and and what it what it pays them for, I'm a I'm a big fan of this. And yeah. the fact that the the league came in, and sure they played a little hardball, obviously with these some of these laughable yeah. numbers. The fact that they met them at fifty million at least as we said is a step in the right direction yeah uh, but also of, it also handles a bigger s- like sample size now you can see you know the top 100 or whatever war players in the pre-arb category we can see how that money changes is is it worth it is it not worth it do we need more money right like is 50 million like that's a good number to spread out among you know amongst that amount of players and the one thing i and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the way I'm interpreting this is that this is based on war, so it's purely it's just stats. It's yeah. purely formula, purely stats. There is yeah, it won't come not, down to like baseball writers voting and stuff. Yeah, it's not it doesn't come down to writers. You're not you're not taking this to a judge, yeah, or any sort of committee. This is purely statistical evidence that's available to everyone that they can see. Yeah, yeah, that's what I like about it. Um, I think this is also kind of connected to the fact that uh, service time for rookie of the year winners that will count as a full year. Ah, uh, yes, that that as well. So I think that's huge. I mean, it's that makes a lot more sense for us as fans for player side, right? They can use up that year of service time. So if you have a, you know, what let's just say Jonathan India last year only played. 60 games or 70 games or whatever right service time that doesn't count as a full year but he won the award so he's eligible to win the award again next year it doesn't make any sense because he didn't use that service time so once they win that award they are officially no longer eligible to be a rookie i think that's big very big um trying to think what was i going to say about that oh yeah with the the i feel like one of the jokes among card collectors right now on kind of related to that is Wander Franco. Yeah. How they think Wander Franco is going to be having that like little rookie icon on his card for like the next 10 years because <laughs> apparently it's just been on yeah. the last like yeah. two or three cards he's had. Um, well, this just helps. This just helps with the, the manipulation of service time on the, on the league side, the organization is just manipulating and maneuvering and we're not calling this guy up. I mean, they kept using Chris Bryant as an example, you know, when, when he was a rookie, he was like insanely hot in spring training should have broke camp with the, with the big league, with the big club. And he didn't. And that's, that's an example of manipulation with the service time. Just so, you know, we can call him up after whatever date in June or whatever. And we're good. Like, no, no, that's not how this should work. The best players should be up there. That's the way it should should go. I wish they would have come up with a more effective system to to disguise that so obvious manipulation. Where it's like, well, it was it, really obvious. Yeah, it really just comes down to the, them just being like, well, you know what, we we just don't feel like he's he's seeing the curveball all that well right now. It's like, guy, no. come Dude on, he's hot. Like, yeah, he's it, coming out hot. Establish some sort of, I don't know, some some language or, or legalese yeah. or whatever to to justify it a little better because you just coming out and saying, well, yeah, uh, we just don't really feel like right now it's the right time. It's like yeah. nobody is buying that. 
this is just getting this is this is growing that competitive balance it's doing a much better job and related to that uh rookie of the year thing you're talking about and i I think we talked about this the other day i believe the players were arguing for like the top five yeah i think yeah like the the amount of voters or the amount of votes they got in the the vote getters yeah top five vote getters for the rookie of the year to have that classification if you will but i think it just came down to the winner to the winner which i mean i'm still okay with like i'm okay with that at least i I would have preferred like a top three but i'm okay with just the winner yeah top three would have been nice yeah this is what it is but this is new that's why you you have to credit the owners this is brand new never seen this before that's cool this is a plus this is a win for both sides so uh, like you said before we're not here to figure out who won this like this is a win for our game yeah and i and i feel like as as these players that come up and they're more talented at an even younger age i only feel like this number is going to grow in the future oh yeah and not just yep. grow by a little i feel like it's going to grow by like a lot because you're going to have guys come up like a juan soto or something like that yeah where it's it's going to be so hard to deny a guy pay that correlates with his performance just because of his age or his status in the league. It's like if yeah. this guy is coming up and doing what he's doing, you, it, it's going to be impossible to deny a guy like that right. his money. Well, I think what's cool about this also is that I don't think it counts against the CBT. I don't think this bonus money counts against your your payroll. Now that I'm on, I'm, I'm uh, not That's sure. what I'm pretty sure about because, I mean, if you think about it, it's at the end of the year. Right. You know, I don't know how the tax steps in that would be interesting like to wait find out. It, i think it would have to be because um like like football does a lot of that stuff like tom brady took m- multiple times of reconstructing his contract to take less salary money so that the team had more payroll flexibility and allowed him and, the, and then the patriots are just like cool we'll hit you we'll hit you with all these incentives and bonuses at the end of the year if you hit these stats because you'll make up your money you're just gonna have to do it in your performance which a Tom Brady can trust that it's a total different situation, but still that money specifically didn't count against the payroll. I think, I think that's what this does. That sounds right. I would, I mean, somebody can correct us if we're wrong, but yeah. I mean, I would imagine that's the case. Uh, let's get out of money. Uh, Cause I feel like it's all we've been talking about as, yeah. as a baseball world for the last two, three months. Um, let's talk about some of these, rule changes or adjustments to the game, if you will, to use a broader term, uh, starting with the expanded postseason. How do we feel about the 12 team expanded, expanded postseason? I like it, but this needs to be the, this, the stopping point. Yeah. No more than 12. Um, yeah. Unless Expansion. they add two more teams. Yeah. Which I, I think is rumored by the time that the next agreement is, is rolling around that we'll probably have 32 teams, which then if you bump up to 34, or, or I mean, uh, 14 playoffs, fine, whatever. But as far as the 12, I like it. Personally, um, the fact that number one and two seeds are getting a bye, um, I think is, it's pretty cool. I think it, it makes the wild card more intriguing. It makes the wild card more deserving because those are the wild card teams. You know what I mean? Those are the guys that didn't fight for the one and two spot. They just kind of snuck in. You know, if you have a two seed, if you have that second best team in the league playing a wild card matchup, you're like, this doesn't feel right. 
Like the, these these shouldn't they shouldn't be facing each other right now. So I personally like it. The 2021 postseason had it played out through a 12 team postseason. Last year it would have been the Rays and Astros getting a bye. The Rays would have played the winner of the number four seed Red Sox or number five seed Yankees in the ALDS. And I'm assuming, did I hear correctly that the one game thing is gone now as well? 163 is gone. No, no, no. But like the, the, the tiebreaker stuff, the wild card round, if you will. I don't even know. Three game set. Yeah. Three game set now. That's what I thought. Okay. More baseball like. Yeah. As, as we've covered on this podcast many times. Yeah. The but Astros, as exciting as the one game is, it's not what we do. It's not what we do. You don't play are. 162 to come down to one game. No. Uh, unless it's a 163, then we're, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah. the, the number two seed Astros would have faced the white, number three seed White Sox, the winner of the White Sox and Blue Jays in the ALDS. So that means the Blue Jays would have been that sixth team to get in. Right. And the National League, for those who need a reminder, the Giants and the Brewers would have gotten the bye. The Giants would have faced the winner of the Dodgers and Cardinals in the NLDS. And the Brewers would have faced the winner of the Braves and the Reds. Because if you remember, the Reds were knocking on the door there towards the end. So. Yeah. Well, I think um, my, my favorite part about this is the alignment of potentially the inevitable matchup of one and two seed in the NLDS or NLDS. The division series, that will now line up a little more even specifically with pitching. That's what I like. I don't, I I'm tired of having the discussion of who's going to start game one. You know what I mean? Because of you use your first guy for the wild card series. And then, you know, you're right into the division series and now you're pitching with your second best. You're going up against their ace, you know? So this, what this does by adding a series to the wild card, you're allowing one and two seeds, which they've earned the ability to rest their starters and get the rotation back in order. That's what they've, they've earned that time off. So now when the division series starts, boom, they have their starters that are lined up. They're ready to go. This is what they earned, right? But it also forces those teams that sneak into the wild card that have to play that series and then eventually work their way to the division series. It makes them use their full rotation. And that is what is most baseball about it. That is what replicates the regular season the most in my mind because you're using all five. You're using all your guys in the rotation, right? No more conversation of we're only using three guys. The other back end two are coming out of the bullpen for maybe extended middle inning starts or late game saves, whatever it may be. It was just weird and it wasn't totally, it didn't match what we're, what we're doing all regular season. So now that the, top two seeds get to line up their their rotation again they get the rest now you have your other teams the disadvantage yes they made it into the playoffs but the disadvantage is that they have to use their full rotation and now if that wild card series goes all three games now you're talking about by the time they get to the division series whoa that wild card team is talking about their fourth starter their fifth starter maybe that's weird that's crazy because they didn't earn those top two spots. So what this does is emphasizes the importance of the regular season, which is what you and I have talked about, what we've pulled for. This fixes that. If you had expanded playoffs and you didn't have a wild card series, you just had a wild card game, that de-emphasizes the regular season, right? Everybody get in, whatever. Just get in. We're going we're gonna to let half the league in. De-emphasizes your performance in the regular season. 
But now it emphasizes that importance. It emphasizes, okay, now I have to have a real rotation that I can carry all the way through the postseason, but it also talks about your performance in the regular season as well. I think that's what's cool. I think that's what's really cool. And and the fact that the one game wild card is gone, that's just not what we're about. Why why do that? We've never done that all year. We've never done that all season. Why do it in the first round? And you see a team that arguably I mean you you'll see better teams lose in a one card in a one game wild card. That's gone. Love that. Show me that your one, two, and three starters are worth being here. You don't just have one stud ace and your and your lineup snuck you into a wild card spot, right? Show me that you have a solid rotation that deserves to be here. Kind of kind of like the Yankees last year, right? The Yankees last year, you had a, a great offense that kind of carried them all the way through, but you really only had like Garrett Cole. The rest of the rotation wasn't strong. That's a yeah. team that doesn't deserve to be able to win a wild card game and move on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. So now that the three games set, you have to have a sure rotation. Poor I Nate, like that. Poor Nate had to watch that play out in person firsthand. Like, it's hard to watch. <laughs> poor, some, I, I got some depression pizza out of it. So poor okay. guy. Yeah, that pizza was really good. <laughs> but that was that was post-game it was win. Tough. That was post-win pizza for me. <laughs> um, The... As part of this new CBA, we're also, as we all know, the Universal DH is here to stay. And as like like we were talking about, this is it. This this is how it's going to be forever yeah, until the day that baseball officially dies. You're never going to see it go back because you're never you're never going to be able to justify re-implementing pitchers. Yeah. you'll never see that again. So oh no, the strategy. Yeah, Uh-oh. you you purists. What are you talking it. about? What are you here. talking about? There's no they made, strategy. They made two great points yesterday on the MLB Network. One, DeGrom got hurt from swinging last year. On pace to have probably the best pitching year since Bob Gibson. But he got hurt because he was hitting. Your, your prime example of a pitcher that should be hitting, that can hit, got hurt hitting. And wasn't able to pitch anymore. So use that. One, that's, that's point number one. Point two, Bill Ripken said this. The only league... The only baseball league that pitchers were hitting in, American League, college, high school, Japan, Korea, all DHs. What are you trying to prove? I, it makes no sense. It's gone. And we'll thanks, never have to argue about this again. And thanks to our baseball history nuggets from back in the day, we now know, and you can look this up, it's fact, the reason that it wasn't implemented earlier is because the guy who missed the vote was fishing was, was fishing so we would have had dhs a long time ago that's yeah I, I heard a michael k quote he's like 20 years too late but i'm glad it's here it makes sense you're adding jobs now we're talking about albert pujols maybe returning to st louis need that what hello need that um the nine inning double headers are back Love that. Thank goodness. Give, give no more me, high school baseball. <laughs> I never, ever understood the people that that were fans of 17 doubleheaders. It's like, if yeah. you don't like watching baseball, then don't go to the games. I yeah. I turn on the game to watch baseball because I enjoy it. Naturally, yeah. if there's something that you like or you enjoy, you want more of it, right? So yeah. why not have those extra four innings of regulation baseball? Like, yeah. I don't understand. That argument never made sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and with this CBA, the uh, regular extra inning rules return. So we are back to uh, 
No man no, on second base. No man on second, which is just a beautiful thing. That is well. No, I don't think we'll thing. ever touch that again either. Well, I could see that coming back before I could see. I could see some type of something, but I don't see a runner being put back on base. Not second anyway. Well, I mean, we we had people in in positions of power and decision making that implemented something like this. So we'll talk about why. This is interesting moving forward. We'll talk about, the, I promise we'll get to that. I don't know. I, I, I could maybe Specifically rule back. changes moving forward. But uh, there's a little also committee true. that, that also is going to figure stuff out. Um, and then the last the last bullet point I, I have here is the um, the advertisement patches on their jerseys. Yeah, I think we, we kind of knew something like this was coming. I don't it, know. If it's it, it was inevitable, like honestly. Yeah. yeah. I hate to yeah, say it. It, it sucks. Inevitable. It really does. I hope they do it in a tasteful way. Look, we were all up in arms about the Nike emblem. I don't think any of us have really skipped a beat that way. If they if they can do it in a in a normal way, you know, you, we've seen that like American flag on the back of the neck above the name. Maybe there's an advertisement there. Maybe it's a small one on the sleeve. Maybe it's on the helmet. You only see it for hitters. You know, there's there's little ways of doing this that I don't have. I to saw ruin. the jerseys and helmets were fair game. So I yeah. think we're going to see it on the helmet, which I hate the helmet look because they did it. If you remember, they did it in the London series uh, with the Yankees and Red yeah, Sox back in the did. day. That just looks so goofy. The pat, the yeah, uniform yeah. patch is like, okay, I can come around to because there's already yeah. uh, symbols and, and icons and, and patches on there already. So yeah. it's like, whatever. But the helmet well, just this, looks goofy. This was an interesting one. And I don't know what side would fight for it. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I doubt the players even really care. So I think this was something that was probably easily agreed on just because the owners say, okay, if you're going to make us pay more over stuff, can we at least find a new revenue stream? And this is what this does. It creates a new revenue stream. So it allows this compromise for owners to pay more in certain ways, like the pre-art pool, like the rise in, um, in the minimum salary. So now that they have a new form of revenue, it opens up some, some options for them. If that's, if that's what we have to give, for what we got out of all of this, okay. I just hope they do it, kind of like what we were hoping for with tasteful. the Nike, the Nike stuff. Yeah, just just make it tasteful, honestly. Yeah. And in that in that same vein, I I kind of hope Nike has a say in this because you know Nike's not going right. to plaster this everywhere. So like, let Nike have a say in it, and they're going to put yeah. it discreetly on the sleeve. And I'm I'm totally fine with that. Like yeah. like I said, we already have patches, we already have other things that make their way on onto these jerseys from time to time yeah. anyway. So just do it discreetly, obviously to where you can see it, because that's the whole point of it. But yeah, just not. I don't. I'm. I'm. I've seen mock-ups of the the chest. Yeah. Patches. I I don't like that all that much. But oh no, God no! Please don't do that. I uh, I'm just. It, it's just odd. It, it, why? It, is it is it making that big of a difference revenue wise? I mean, every ballpark has stuff plastered all over the fences, all over the scoreboard. Every broadcast you hear is every lineup read you hear is sponsored by somebody. Every bullpen visit, right? Every mound visit, pitcher exchange, everything's sponsored by something. I just I don't know why. Bro, the one that this has did it, to happen. The one that did it for me was when I don't think they did it last year, but maybe it was the year before. Actually, no, it couldn't have been. It was one of the previous seasons. I think I even sent you the picture of it. Where they use the green monster, or they use the outfield wall at Fenway as a green uh, screen. Oh yeah, and they just—I think it was that. like a T-Mobile ad. I'm like, yeah. the, you got to draw the line somewhere, and, and this is, is well tough. past it. That was yeah. terrible. 
And I mean, Meredith That's even rough. Made a, Meredith even made a point the other day. She's like, "Is anything in this world like not for advertising on? Like, is every yeah. square inch of it's true visible surface on this planet yeah. for advertising?" It's true. It's definitely true. I mean, I hate it, it. put it on like bats or something or padding gloves. Like, leave the jerseys alone. I mean, leave we have the, enough. Leave the classic Fenway Park monsters, you know, of that category alone. I mean, we've got the technology. You see close-ups of things you would never be able to see otherwise. Like those mm-hmm. cameras can get in there. Put them on. Put them on other things. Look, we don't. If I buy an Aaron Judge jersey and there's a Goodyear patch on the sleeve, I'm not going to go say I need new tires. Sorry, that's not who I think about when I need new tires. That's not. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, thank God I have this Yankees jersey telling me that I need to go get new tires. That's not. No, a discount tire on your. Uh, on your Boston Red Sox jersey <laughs> well, across the stomach, like I, well, that, I'm that, good. <laughs> I know what discount tire is. My phone tells me all the time. Instagram tells me all the time. The wall behind the freaking the plate tells me all the time. Your little green screen that you put on the back of the mound that tells me discount tire. Why does the jersey have to tell me this? Like, is anything sacred anymore? No, but that actually brings up a point that I forgive me. I can't remember who who mentioned it, but they were basically just like. I'm okay, and it was in the comments, I think, where they DM'd us, and they're basically just like, I'm okay with the, the ads on the jerseys, yeah, but don't do it for retail because that would just be Correct. Terrible. I don't want to buy that. Nobody, buy would, that. nobody would want that. No. I mean, people what buy What if that company like, just gets bought out or goes out of business or whatever? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to get it off there. I don't care how much oh. they stitch it yeah. on there. Well, oh. they don't stitch like, anything I'm, anymore. It's I just all bought that- a jersey. I'm craving Waffle House. Like. <laughs> Get well, out of here. A Bra- let's be honest. A Braves Waffle House jersey would be kind of dope. But Different. That's a that's a very big anomaly there. The, that's true. That's that's a unique thing. Um, but the uh, the jerseys now they they don't stitch anything on there. It's all that iron press is straight garbage. Truth. Bring back the need, stitch yeah. majestic. I need the heavy, thick, itchy jersey. <laughs> Give me the wool. Take me back yeah. to the wool. I don't even care, man. Honestly, just let just, me look good. Let me avoid this crap. Um, all right, transitioning into that rules committee that you alluded to, yeah. uh, to kind of kind of put a bow on this. Uh, this is beginning not this season, but in 2023. Uh, I have here that is comprised of four active players, six members, which is appointed. a growth growth of two players. Before apparently this committee only had two players. Now the player side has four guys representing them. Sorry. Are you talking about in the negotiation in this process? Committee. In this committee. This committee was already there for rule changes, but apparently oh, we got yeah. the, the player side got two more guys to it. There's still yeah. not the majority, but there's four total player reps on this committee versus being so outnumbered with only two. Sure. Yep. Yep. So it's now now active uh comprised of four active players, uh six members appointed appointed by Major League Baseball and one umpire. And they are tasked with adopting changes to plane rules like pitch clock, base size, defensive positioning, automatic ball, and strike zone. And they will make, which is the thing you actually text me about, uh, the committee will make a decision on rules and then implement it with 45 days of notice. So if I'm reading that correctly, assuming there was no fine print added on, we could potentially see things such as the uh, sticky stuff enforcement where these things are implemented. I, I think we're, I, I can't tell. If it's 45 days at all times, or they have 45 days from this point to agree on those specific changes for 2023. The verbiage is weird. Yeah, I hope not because we already talked about it. You, 
It doesn't matter. It could be the most minute thing. You can't make changes or yeah. enforce things midseason because we saw the way it played out with the sticky stuff last year. That was a total yeah. mess. You, just want some, uh, you want some breaking that. news? Oh, what do we got? We got Carlos Rodon to the Giants. Shut up. Two years, 44 mil, opt out after the first year. I'm sorry. Could you say that one more time? Who did you say? Carlos Rodon. Interesting. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Good for you, guy. <laughs> All right. Two well, years to the Giants, 44 mil. Why am I not seeing this notification? It's from Paston, so look it up on Twitter. Speaking of which, can we talk about, real quick as I post this graphic, can we talk about what happened to Paston? Yeah, poor My guy. goodness. The biggest news day of his career, and he gets hacked and becomes an NFT. It's tough. Carlos Rodon. Where's the graphic? Where's the graphic? I need the graphic. There it's it is. To the Giants, though. Um, interesting. Carlos Rodon has signed with the San Francisco Giants. You making a graphic right now to put out? Yep. For, for, no, I'm posting it. These graphics are already ready, my man. Because I thought I was going to be posting a, a, a flurry of them last night. For $44 million, Opt out after the first season. Uh, I saw that there was no opt out. Passing is saying opt out. So I guess leave it off. We'll get, a, we'll get a, all our listeners get a little, little, uh, you get a live chase, the <laughs> a little peek behind yeah. the curtain here. 44 million, um, two year deal. Yeah. Yeah. Which the Giants, I mean, they're showing right now. They already obviously re signed Alex Wood. Um, so, you know, the loss of, of Gosman is, is, uh, interesting. You know, they had to answer Gosman going to the, to the Jays. They had to answer that. Carlos Rodon to the Giants. Let's go ahead and, uh, Post these uh, hashtags, you know. Got to get that reach. This was passing, right? This was passing. Yeah, what a what a scene for passing yesterday. Biggest news day of his career, and he gets hacked. Yeah, it's unfortunate for sure. Because uh, uh, we were no, we so, were literally we were recording our big league chew uh, flavor rankings video. Yeah, and we had just finished, and I hopped off, and I was like, "Wait a minute, why can I not see passing's tweets?" And I thought we got blocked, and I'm like. <laughs> Whoa, pump the brakes. Yeah. I've only said that I thought maybe he was a little smug from time to time, but I don't think that yeah. warranted being blocked and then turned no, out. No, we definitely he didn't deserve any of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I good for the Giants. That's a good signing, um, especially, oh, look at this tweet. There's a heavy industry expectation that Clayton Kershaw will return to the Dodgers for 2022. If we both are right during this recording, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Need that. <laughs> little peek behind the curtain here and just uh yeah just posting the graphic so anyway back to this uh to this committee this rule change committee i think what is what they're saying is that they have 45 days um from now is i i think or it's a 45 day committee of notice i can't really tell uh for these specific rule changes that'll come into 2023 how do you feel about in large bases pitch clock and what was the last one uh strike zone Automatic how do you feel about zone. those three how do I feel about him? Yeah. Um, wait, so, well, first let me ask you this. In in all of the dust settling, I don't even know if this was confirmed. Are, well, are those things being implemented? It. Like, are the bases and the shift I and think, all that? I think the, sh- the banning of the shift, that's what it was. Not the pitch, uh, not the uh, strikes down. The banning of the shift or fixing the shift in some ways, enlarged bases and pitch clock are coming for 2023. Now, what this committee was able to do, like I said, was grow 
by two positions with players representative. So now the players have a little more vote and say in what these rule changes will be. Um, I think it's coming. I don't know if it's fully confirmed or not, but I, I do think it's coming. And this committee has a certain amount of time to figure it out. Um, I'm not sure if the league still holds the overall you know, gavel of being able to drop the hammer on these rules without this committee or not. I don't know if it's just this committee that's deciding. Totally, not totally sure on that stuff. But how do you personally feel? We're talking, let's start with the enlarged bases. How do you feel about those? Uh, my gut reaction was why. But then, you know, like I looked at it and I'm like, what, like, whatever. If this, this is one of the, this was a phrase that I saw a lot over the last few days where it's like, if this is what's keeping us from playing baseball, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I could go either way. And that's kind of yeah. how I feel about uh, these bases where it's like, I, I truly, I mean, the safety of it. Okay. I get because I, less collisions. I myself have, have been a victim of, of some, yeah. some run-ins yeah. down there at first base back in the day. So I get that, but the whole like stealing bases saying this is going to encourage more teams to steal bases. I don't know if three inches is, I mean, maybe it is. I mean, I don't know. We've seen some bang bang plays. I just don't yeah. know if it's going to be that boost that they're maybe hoping for. But for yeah. that very reason, I'm like, if it doesn't change all that much, it's like, okay, whatever. Well, I mean, I think one thing, if you think about it, and just just basic common sense of the of the way that when these rules were implemented, the size of the bases, what was the average size of the player back then? I doubt they were wearing size 14 cleats. You know what I mean? Like you were, there, there were no Vladimir Guerrero would have been the biggest human being. You know what I mean? Aaron judge would have not been normal. I'm sure he wears like a size 18 cleat. You know what I mean? Like those are certain guys that if, if our players are getting bigger, I think those are the small things that, like you said, I don't think it's gonna be a big tick in stolen bases. I don't know if it's going to make a huge difference in those bang, bang plays, but if it can prevent injury, I'm here for it. But it does make sense the fact that, our, like physically, us as as a human race has gotten bigger than what we were before. Kind of makes sense to make what we're stepping on bigger. True. And for the record, size seventeen cleats for Mr. Aaron Judge. For Judge. <laughs> that's so freaking that's huge, big, dude. dude. That's the whole, that's the whole base. That's the whole <laughs> base. <laughs> like, uh, I'd be terrified. That's as literally first, as a first baseman. My Achilles is just gonna get ripped off. That's the whole front of the plate, right? Seventeen inches. Mm-hmm. That's that's unreal. That's yeah, that's wild. massive. Yeah. So I mean, that part of it makes sense. And I'm not saying Aaron Judge is the standard, but I don't think your average size guy is is no your average major leaguer is no longer five eight, 160 pounds. You know what I mean? That's just not that's a thing of the past. A little Pee Wee Reese action. Yeah. Um, now pitch clock. How do you feel about that? I'm. I don't know. I I think there's a a, a sense of fatigue slash relief setting in where it's like, I'm just so tired hearing about these things, having to argue about these things that I, yeah. that I'm just so relieved that baseball is back now where it's like, yeah, you're almost again, okay with it. Right. Yeah. It's like, it, it, just cause it brought baseball back in many ways. Right. And it, I don't know. I feel like if I knew we were getting baseball on time, there was no question if the season was going to start. I'd have a, yeah, I, w- I would maybe have a different opinion about it, but Here's here's the way it was it was verbalized by Brian Kenny, who's it, I'm I'm openly not really a huge fan of. I don't really agree with a lot of um, the ways a lot of the ways he looks at baseball. But this was something he said that you know 
everyone talks about if we do this, it shortens the game, right? And we, you know, you and I are like, all right, whatever. If the, uh, if it's a three hour and seven minute game versus a two hour and 57 minute game, is that changing that much? No, I don't think that that's that big of a deal. I don't care about the overall length, but what he said is you're talking about 15, 18, 20 minutes of dead time during that game. That makes it different, right? If it's a three hour game, but it's constantly going, no one has an issue with the three hour movie. If it's, you know, a thriller, if it's going, there's no lulls, right? I don't have an issue with basketball, football because of the fact that it's constant action. Right. So we're getting rid of that dead time where all the camera is doing is flipping around players on the field, seeing a shortstop move dirt around, seeing a hitter readjust his his batting gloves, like seeing, you know, the pitcher go grab the rosin bag, whatever it may be. But I think that's what it gets rid of. And and the fact that uh, I think they said 14 seconds for no runner on, 19 seconds when a runner is on, that part, the actual length of the pitch clock is going to be wild. Wild. Greg Amsinger said it used Araldus Chapman as an example, right? We're talking 101, 102, 103 on a regular basis. Dude takes like 40 seconds to do that. So now you're talking about what is Araldus Chapman when he only has 14 seconds? 97, 98, right? You don't have all this time to catch your breath, re-energize your body, get back to full maximum effort for 102. Well, not even that, this but this changes a lot. The thing you were telling me yesterday, or the thing that we were going back and forth on yesterday, was the the comparison to a a, like a, a cornerback in football. football or like a quarterback like on a the defensive offensive end. Side. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, for a base runner, we're talking about to fill you in. Kyle and I were kind of chatting about yesterday off air that for in football, like you know, you get thirty second play clock, whatever. You got the defensive end. Once it gets under five seconds, that defensive end maybe takes his eye off the ball, off the center. Now he's watching the play clock. And once that once that zero hits, he's taken off, whether the ball snapped or not. If it's not snapped, doesn't matter, delay of game. If it is snapped, he has got insane timing for a potential sack. Baseball terms, we're talking about that runner. If he's just watching that back foot, that pitcher, right? Uh-oh, two, one, clock, then he just takes off. This is this is different. It's it's kind of intriguing. It's weird. It's new. It's a it it makes that certain part of the game interesting because we've had for the last few years straight analytics shut down stolen bases. They've stopped stolen bases, right? Set it in Moneyball. I paid you to get on first, not get thrown out at second. Speed in many ways has been the least useful tool in our game. This just made it relevant again. It also brought, it also is going to bring that enamored feeling of when those guys are hitting 102, 103. You're doing that in 14 seconds? You're doing that in 19 seconds? You're delivering it, the ball at 102 miles an hour over and over again? You did it twice in 30 seconds? That's impressive. Yeah. So we're talking about an uptick in offensive production and it becomes a little more balanced. Yeah. But taking it back to your question about how I feel about it, I think with, with really anything, and this is kind of the case for me, and it's kind of just how I am with the with these things. I I like the motivation behind it because I mm-hmm. I personally, as a as a guy who grew up his whole life playing shortstop, got so exhausted of guys yeah. just taking their sweet time, and it's been yep. proven that 
positionally and defensively, you're you're just naturally better when you're not on your heels for the entire game. Right. And so, coaches coach that. Coaches preach tempo for pitchers. Exactly. So your defense stays engaged. Exactly. And so I'm definitely behind speeding up that dead that dead time like you talked about. But I think for I think for me what it comes down to is the anytime you introduce some sort of technology, even if it's just something as simple as a clock, it's mm-hmm. it, to me it and and I know that that's where baseball's headed because that's just where the world's headed is is more tech, more more analytics, more sure. this that whatever. But when you're asking about my reasoning for maybe not liking one thing or the other, it for me it, it it's it just comes down to the fact that you're not you're not policing this manually. You're not policing this from an umpire. Even if yeah. even if you gave the, uh, which maybe this is how they'll do it. I don't know if they're gonna have like an earpiece to umpire. Or well, I'm just saying like in terms of how they're gonna flag this. Like if they're gonna have an earpiece in the ear of the umpire and then he yeah he waves his hands. But I just wish there was a way that you could police this without having a giant clock display in the ballpark where everybody's just watching, going back and forth. Like I, I just yeah. wish there was a more simplistic baseball way, if that makes sense to do it, sure. than just plastering sure. a, a big clock there. I get it. I get it. Um, I, I think, I mean, I, I totally get it, but I just, I, I feel like it brings some human element back to the umpires a little bit. Um, you know, when you're, when you're t- watching NFL games, there are times where they like the clock's been at zero and there's no flag and then the offense snaps it and like they have a productive offensive play. That's the human element of missing that, right? There's not one there's not one ref in football just staring at the clock, right? They have a team of refs. One of them notices it, throw the flag. Cool. Baseball. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if it's I I don't want the the home plate umpire focusing on that. We'll worry about the strike zone. That's all I care about for you. Have somebody else, you know, if wherever the clock is positioned, have another umpire look at it. I do think it just it incorporates new things, new challenges. It balances the field a little bit with the offense versus defense. This pitcher does it. I mean, how impressive is it that you throw 102, but you took a minute in between pitches? You know what I mean? Like, how impressive is that? How impressive is it when you go to the gym and you see one guy do one rep max and that's it versus the guy that actually is repping this for four or five? You know what I mean? That is what's impressive. So that's what I'm looking for is a little bit more. We need more runs scored. We need more offensive production, right? I think everyone can agree with that. I think we just need to make our game more dimensional, more multidimensional. We really got to, we've hit a a real low point with this two pure outcome thing with the Mm -hmm. strikeout home run situation. We We have. We have. We, we really got to get away from that, and so if, and this this ties into the next thing that's being introduced, it's, it's, which is banning the shift. You and I have We're, have documented. We do. We've been recorded as as disagreeing on this, and we differ. We differ for sure. I don't know, but I'll, I'll, uh, to be fair, I'll I'll give it I'll give it a chance. Maybe I'll come around on it. I just think right now I'm I'm definitely that's in the what's camp funny of like, is that coming around to it like that's we there is no coming around to it. We all grew up watching baseball without a shift. You know, minus these five, six year olds. But that's not even the, that's not even necessarily the case because you could shift. And I think the reason I have a problem with with the quote ban is just not even giving. Like I, I personally think when you see freaking eight guys out in right field, that's a little much. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to do something to limit that. But to just yeah. ban it all to get anytime there's a ban. Yeah, on anything, I agree. 
I agree. I, I don't think it needs of. to be fully banned. I think it can be controlled in many ways. Maybe there's only one guy that's allowed to be that. But the way I see it, and, and this was brought to me through MLB Network again, it was it was the best point I've heard on this. And this is what officially put me on this side of the argument. We've removed the athleticism on our defenders. Yeah. The, sh- the shift has taken away the Jeter throws. It's taken away that diving double play up the middle. It's taken away the athleticism of a lot of our defenders. That's what I miss. We have guys like Lindor saying, just let me do me. Like, trust my athleticism. I'm a shortstop for a reason. Trust my athleticism. I have this range. I'll cover this. Second base, you handle this. Third base, you handle this. I got all this. If they shift a couple feet here and there based on how that guy's done, you know, his prior at bat or whatever in the season, fine. But we're missing the athleticism. I don't, I don't want to watch baseball for routine plays. So I get the argument of, well, be a better hitter, beat the shift. In some ways, I do agree with that. But did you pay a couple hundred bucks to go to the stadium and, and watch Joey Gallo or Juan Soto bunt? For a no, and, I, and I've heard that argument, but pull up a video of a, a David Ortiz or a, a Juan Soto bunting down the third baseline and tell me that 15 seconds just wasn't pure electricity because it's like, Right, look at this guy making something is that happen. Is that what you're hoping for, though? It's is not. For? I get it. I get it. You do whatever you need to do to get on base. You and I agree with that. I do agree with that. But I've been a coach where I teach kids to just hit the ball hard, and more often than not, you'll get rewarded. The league has ruined that for a lot of guys. Everyone makes fun of Joey Gallo's comments recently. If you hit a ball 110 miles an hour, that's supposed to one-hop the right fielder but it's right at the second baseman's chest because he's playing some rover position. That I, I don't want to see that. That's not that's not what it's about. Granted, yes, fine. Like, whatever. If Outs are outs. Yes. I've taught hitters to be okay with the line out to the shortstop. You got to be okay with that. It happens. More often than not, it will balance itself out. But this metric era has eliminated that, has eliminated the possibility of it working out. And now your only reward is that if it hits off the wall or goes over it, it's just different. So I I vote for more athleticism in our defenders. I vote for more offensive production. You're We're upset with strikeouts. Well, the truth is Joey Gallo is going to strike out because the only way you can get a freaking hit is to bunt or to hit a home run. That's basically what you're telling me with this shift. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because it gets me back to the way I grew up watching baseball of seeing, oh, the shortstop is the most athletic dude on the field. The center fielder is the most athletic dude on the field. There's a reason they're there versus just can of corn every time. I mean, how often when you were a kid, you would be like, you know, to- coach, toss me a diving play. Give me a diving ground ball. And you scoot back so you can make that play. Stop pulling at my heartstrings. And- or, or do you just say, wait, wait, coach, let me move over here. Then you hit me a ground ball. No, dude, I want to make that diving play. I, I want to hear, get up and throw him out for my knees. I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. I'm just saying I wish there was a way to regulate it better than in, than I agree. rather than just coming out and saying, no, all together, and I, done. And I think ya. that's what's going to be figured out this committee. I think that's what we're going to We're going to iron out the kinks, similar with the pitch clock. What are the consequences of the pitch clock going to be? Do they, do they lose a mound visit? Do they lose a challenge? Do they is a ball awarded to the hitter, whatever, you know, may happen as a consequence. That's all stuff that's going to be ironed out. I do agree that a a total ban on the shift isn't necessary, 
but some type of regulation is is cool with me. That's compromise. Let's talk about these uh, cities that Major League Baseball is headed to, uh, or rather locations that Major League Baseball is headed to for uh, a number of tours over the next five years. Um, we've got, quarter, assuming this list is correct, we've got Mexico uh, somewhere uh, in Asia, Puerto Rico, the DR, London, and Paris. Love I'm it. cool with it. DR. I don't know if I totally understand me. being in France, but... Yeah. What? Let's let's like go to like Venezuela or something instead of France. I don't give think me, the French care about baseball. Yeah. Gimme no, but they care I'm sure they care about uh the Northampton Red Sweaters. It's true. Sebastian DiVitella. Bam. I wasn't sure if you'd if you'd remember him. Not, how would I not remember the greatest croquet player? <laughs> you forgot his last name for a while. How I'd how could I not you. remember the greatest cro- croquet player of our era? Um, croquet, crochet, and crumpets. Croquet, croquet, crochet, and crumpets. We we almost had to make that a podcast. If if things <laughs> would have gotten worse, that's where this thing was headed. Just so you people yeah. know. Um, but yeah, give me all the dr game. Like, give me yeah. every ounce yes. of that. Electric. I, I those fans that. are they're fun. They're different. It's weird. What I like about that, and I, I was, I keep thinking about golf. When, when, when that was announced, I keep thinking about golf because when golf comes here to the Phoenix Open, the Waste Management Open, they play that 16th hole, and it's wild. They go nuts. Oh, that's in Phoenix. That's here. That's in oh, Phoenix. Wow. Fans are as loud as they want. The players are loving it. The golfers are like, yeah, they're coming out in Kobe jerseys. They're coming out in Caddyshack jer- like uniforms and stuff like random stuff that they're doing that gets the crowd going someone made a hole in one and the place just freaking blew up with beers like that's awesome i'm not saying that has to be the standard for all golf i'm not saying that has to be what happens every time they play a little dose here and there whatever happens in the dr and puerto rico like they get after it that we can get a little dose of that we can get a little excited about that where it could be fun, it could be different. It's just it's a series or one or two games, whatever. Yeah, give me all the the Puerto Rico Dominican Republic games all day. Give, give it give it all to me. Uh, kind of putting a bow on this thing, um, and then we have one quick thing to run through the Apple TV deal. Um, then we'll get out of here. Uh, but just putting a bow on this thing. The uh, Manfred came out with his presser after this was announced, and I believe it was prior to the ratification or, or right around the time mm-hmm. of the ratification. Yeah, uh, he came out and said, and again, trying to be trying to be an objective person here, trying to give the give the guy a fair shake moving forward. Like he's been he's still a clown. He's no doubt, no doubt. And I've made my <laughs> I've made my opinions on on him made very very much known. But he, I'll, I'll give him credit. He he hit the the reset button after his previous presser where he was like ribbing it up with the freaking reporters, which was totally tone deaf. Yeah. I'll give him credit. He, I don't know if people got with him and said, Hey, clean up your act a little bit. Or if it was just, he being like, you know what? I need to, I need to straighten it up. Came out and said, uh, one of the things that I'm supposed to do is promote a good relationship with our players. Uh, I've tried to do that. I think I have not been successful in that. I think that it begins with small steps. It's why I picked up the phone after the ratification and called Tony and express my desire to work with him. It's going to be a, a priority of mine moving forward to try and make on the make good on the commitment I made to him on the phone. 
Again, me trying to be optimistic. I'm yeah. not going to say it's happening. That's, he said the right thing. But he, he, at the very yeah. least, he said the right thing because we've Which seen. We mul- right. On multiple occasions, he has said the literal wrong thing. So yeah. it's at least a step in the right direction. We'll see yeah, how it right plays thing. out. This has to be a partnership moving forward. That That's the only way we, we won't have to deal with these lockouts anymore is that like these sides have to come together and treat it less like enemies, more like partners coming to a conclusive agreement. So it's if, if that's the case, if, if Dickie Manfred has to go, if Tony Clark has to go, I don't care. Nobody is above but the these game. These two parties have to make it work moving forward from here on out. Absolutely. Yeah, like we've said, we've said multiple times on this podcast, nobody's above the game. Like if it means yeah. a guy like Tony Clark who represents the side that more times than not we're in favor of. Yeah. If it means him having to go, so be it. Like if, if yeah. you're not bettering the game and protecting the future of the game, you don't belong in it. I'm sorry. Right. That's just a that's a and, fact. And I think honestly, I mean to, to to knock on the players a little bit. I mean that that might be what that said when we talked about eight executive Sure. Player union reps voting against this agreement. Maybe some people need to be replaced. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And then, like I said, the last thing we got here for the sake of time, because I know we're we're getting deep, is the uh, Apple TV deal. They came out, and granted, this was before the ratification of this new CBA. So mm-hmm. at the time, this was not a good look for Major League Baseball. They came oh, out yeah. uh, after the owners had played for weeks uh, playing poor. Uh, Major League Baseball and Apple came out on Tuesday and announced that uh, Apple TV Plus will carry a weekly doubleheader on Friday nights. Um, and apparently, which this I found out after the fact, uh, they will initially be available without the need for a subscription. But I'm I'm guessing it's a certain point you will yeah. require yeah. a paid subscription. Um, so basically, when it gets to that point, if one of your if your favorite team is one of those four playing that night in that double header, those back-to-back games, you will need a paid Apple TV subscription. And I keep hearing people saying, well, it's good for the game. You're making it more accessible. Are you really making it more accessible if you you have to pay for it? Yeah, I don't know if you are. I don't know if you are. um, And this is exclusive, by the way. This isn't going to be – these games will not be carried – like for these teams will not be carried on their regional sports networks. Yeah, yep. So it's either you pay up or you don't see it at all. Yeah, I – that's that's I think the way kind of life is going right now. Cable is out, streaming services are in. I think it's uh, just it's annoying for us just because I mean we're talking eighteen bucks for Netflix, we're talking twenty bucks for HBO, we're talking whatever ten bucks for Peacock. Like how many how much stuff are we gonna have to like subscribe to to watch all the stuff we want to watch? Um, it was kind of the running joke. All these streaming services are going to add up to what the cable bill used to be when we could have exactly. just had it all in one place. Yeah, exactly. But Apple Plus, I mean, it's it's something I figured it was coming. I kind of read rumors on it a few months ago. Uh, so I guess we'll see. I'm, I'm interested to see who the broadcasters are going to be, um, how how the style of it is going to be. It's, it's Hopefully it's a little different, a little new. But we'll see. Some, I mean, it, it, yeah. Some positives kind of related to that. This will be produced by Major League Baseball or MLB Network. Um, they will include pregame and postgame shows, which I don't know about you, but uh, especially like with the postseason and even like with the Red Sox as a, as a fan, I've become more of a, like as I'm getting older, I've bec- I'm, I'm becoming more of a fan yeah. of these pregame and postgame shows because it too. gives you that added level of analysis. Uh, so they will, 
they will have those uh, for these doubleheader games, and they will not be subject to local broadcast blackout restrictions. So, at the very least, we got that working for us. But other than that, just more money for Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that uh, we didn't really touch on that I wanted to add in um, was the potential change, not necessarily a rule change, but scheduling change where uh, they're removing, they're lessening the 19 games against uh, with division play. I think they're bringing that number down and they're also going to have every team play each other every other year. Yeah, I think I saw one, they're trying to get it to where you play at least one series with every team on both sides. Yeah, and so you're going to get to see you know, the Red Sox in Arizona this year and next year it'll be, no, I'm not saying it's an example, but the Diamondbacks in, in, you know, Fenway the year after. So I I think the fact that uh, what was holding this up was the DH truthfully, in my mind, interleague play was being held up by DH only. It's different rules. The fact that these rules are pretty much the same. Now we're talking more about NBA. We're talking about how it's East versus West, but does it really matter that much? Not really. They play with the same rules. I think this expands the game in a lot of ways. I think it's good. I don't need to see the Orioles games 19 times a year. I think it brings that balance of the schedule a little bit. Certain divisions do get unbalanced, let's be honest. They get top-heavy. So you have teams at the bottom of that division. You really want to watch that 19 games you know, every year. So the fact that they're doing that, I like that. I like that. And it, it takes away the whole, you can't be a fan of this team unless you're from the city. Why? Like who, who made that rule? That's, you know, that's interesting. I was thinking about that. I was walking somewhere and I was thinking about that for some random reason. I'm like, you know what, with as transient as the world is becoming with people just moving for work and for literally yeah. it, like more than ever before, Everything I feel like watchable. that logic, Everything's... that logic. Yeah. And streaming and, 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 yeah. and packages and all that stuff like that. That's just not a valid thing anymore. Yeah. No, I don't, really I don't, not. I don't think you should shame somebody for I I grew up in Northern Virginia. Don't shame me for being a Yankees fan. Like it, I got to see the Yankees in Camden Yards when I was a kid, and that's how it grew for me. Like, but now you're you're talking about kids being from anywhere, being a fan of anyone. I like that. Yeah, it's like I you like and a, I... I like a kid in Florida being able to root for Fernando Tatis in the in the Padres because he just saw him last year. As long as he can back it up, like you and I know fans that, sure. that claim yeah, themselves to be Yankees, Red yeah, Sox fans yeah. that watch maybe two games a year. Yeah, but it's like if people want to come at us for being fans, like yeah. we can show you the receipts. Like, yeah, be guy, legitimate. We, we made a trip. You and I made a trip up to Fenway for the wild card game and came yeah. back in less than twenty four hours. So, like, yeah. don't people don't need to be coming at us. Yeah. Um. But to to what you're saying, I I am a big fan of that move. Um. Well, I'm hesitant in certain areas, but I'm I'm a fan in uh of that move in regards to how it's going to. Uh, make certain players more accessible where it's like, yeah, now people are going to now show. Hey, going to have like his national tour. He, he's going to, he's going to yeah. be all over the place. And, and with, that should happen with whatever player really you want to see. Yeah. It really, the, the whole East coast, West coast, Mike trout. We're not, we don't get to watch Mike trout. Cause he's always on the West coast. Like that's going to be done. That's going to be, that's going to end. It seems like such a simple fix stuff. to the whole grow the game. Like it's such a simple fix. I think the phrase interleague play won't even be a thing anymore. Which then That's brings me to the off. which brings me to the point where maybe I'm hesitant about not that I'm against it, but I'm just I'm I'm curious to or I'm hesitant to maybe jump in head first. But uh, I've heard some some rumors that this could potentially 
reconstruct the league as we know it. Like that's kind of the direction yeah. we're heading, where we're going to be well, doing yeah, away I, with divisions and and all. Well, that. I don't think we're going to do away with the divisions. I think this clears a realignment. Away, rather, I should say exactly. This clears away for expansion and the next agreement, which is coming. Just it, it is. We're going to get to thirty-two teams. So we're going to have expansion and then a realignment. It's going to be weird. We may see the the Mets and the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Marlins all be in the same division. Who who knows? It could be it could be crazy. Um bring me all the chaos. I I need it. This is what I'm saying, dude, like at at, a, at some point you have to be open to some new stuff. You have to understand that this game needs growth. It needs new stuff. It needs new eyes. It needs new ideas. That's what this entire agreement is bringing. That's what the future of baseball is bringing. Baseball is still going to be baseball. You and I are still going to watch. What's wrong with shaking stuff up a little bit sometimes? Implementing some new ideas, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks instead of just shooting it down because it doesn't fit the way it's been for the last 100 years. Try something new. Preach. See what it's like. I bet the first person that said, we're going to add a backboard behind this hoop. This is stupid. This is a dumb idea. Who would think of this? Be open to it. I'm trying to be. And I, I so far, I'm eating all this up, dude. I'm eating all of it up. Guy, it was like three years ago that the Cubs finally decided to put lights in their stadium. So, like, let's not get – it wasn't actually three years. It was, But it was very – it was shockingly recent. Like, look it's it up. within 20 years of not – finally playing a home game at night. <laughs> like, <laughs> baseball, like, change is inevitable. and, and it, it has to come behind regards, the times. you got to yeah. embrace it. Yeah, and that's this is say what you will about Manfred, say what you will about this, but the the game needs fixing in some ways without changing the game. Expansion, new teams, new divisions, teams getting to play each other we never see, younger players coming up sooner, getting paid sooner, making their mark sooner. All this is positive stuff. You know, not having a minute and a half in between pitches. All this is positive stuff. This is good stuff. I promise. Just come in with an open mind, and and I'm excited. For 2023, I'm excited to see what those games are going to be like. I'm excited to watch those games. And it may help people sit down and watch baseball on TV and become fans like us. It's the whole point of this game. That's what they're talking about, growing this game, is for those people that aren't that into it to start getting into it because it is more watchable, because it is more fun, because it is new. It is different. That's important. That is only going to be a positive thing for the game we love. Have an open mind. I'm all about it. And I'm all about baseball being back. We made Thank it. Thank God. God is good. Thank you. Opening, we have baseball. Yes. Opening day in less than a month. I'm going to hit a spring training game next week, I think. Good I'm for you, go man. One up. You, yeah. you deserve it. Yeah. I'm going to go hit one up. Get a little little afternoon beer in, a <clears throat> little hot dog in a game for like 20 bucks. Okay. I might just go alone. Honestly, <laughs> we'll see. Need that. Need that. Well, um, like we said, we may potentially be shifting the two episodes starting next week. Who knows? We'll yeah. play it by ear. Uh, in the meantime, I'm sure deals will be happening literally the second we we hop off this call. So yeah, don't worry. We'll we'll get all, we'll, we'll get, get into them. Caught yeah. up next week. Um, we'll get into them. We'll talk more about Rodon and stuff like that. And, but yeah. uh, with that said, my friend, that'll wrap up this Friday episode. Happy weekend. We made it. I think we this weekend's it. a little sweeter. We got this we got our we got our game weekend. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about sweet it. Sweet weekend. Oh man. 
Love you guys. Don't go chasing curveballs, though. We love you all. And as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.